Welcome to Dad's Next Project. All right, so welcome to Dad's Next Project, a podcast. This is episode one. With me today, I've got Fouad Bazi. He is a father, husband, entrepreneur, currently in the luxury Airbnb space. Mm-hmm. And today we're going to talk about fatherhood and, and balance and life and all that good stuff. So, My favorite job, man. Yeah, absolutely mine too. Absolutely mine too. So, uh, how you got three kids? Got three kids, or eight, seven, and three. Boy, boy, girl. Boy, boy, girl. Yep. Awesome. And uh, uh, where in your entrepreneurial life did like your kids kind of come into play? So I was in corporate. I was a corporate banker for about twenty-one years, and um, you know, coming uh, coming into twenty eighteen, I was just traveling a whole bunch, probably ten to twelve weeks out of the year. And, um, and I loved it and I had a great job by the way. Um, but I knew that I wanted to be home with my kids. I mean, I really missed my kids and they were getting to a point where they started to miss me when I was gone too. So I knew that it was time to really start to figure out how to dial that back. When you're in a corporate traveling role to ask to stop traveling (laughs) kind of shoots you in the foot. Yeah, absolutely. So I knew that there had to be a different solution. My wife, um, who's an attorney has her own law firm was, you know, just doing amazing. And so I could get a little entrepreneurial at that point if I wanted to step away from corporate and try a different industry. And, and we, we, we were, we were flexible at that point to do that. So I left corporate 2019, opened a coffee shop. So in our, in our city of Dearborn, Michigan, there were no play places anywhere. I wanted to take my kids. We had to drive 30 minutes one way or the other. Okay. Yeah. So a coffee shop with a play place? Coffee shop with a play place. Yeah, that's like, I've never seen one of those. It was amazing. Yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was called Detroit Kids City, so kids could roam the museum and dress like a, a postman or dress like a doctor or whatever it might be, a fireman, and just roam the city and, and do their thing. And, and parents could have some coffee. Um, so did that. It was great. Got into a long-term rental and COVID stopped our business. And then I wasn't a good landlord. So I was like, I was shooting 0% at that point. And, uh, and I wasn't a good landlord because I was the guy that had a tenant, had kids, they couldn't make payment anymore. And I was like, just stay as the, long as you can. I'm not kicking you out. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to put kids on the street. So, um, I knew it wasn't for me. Um, and then we also knew that um, at the time we learned my daughter, who, who at the time, at, at then she was one, um, she, uh, she was allergic to, we found out she was allergic to tree nuts and the best food allergist in the world was in Long Beach, California. So it's like, you know, by the time they did her blood work, figured out she was going to have to be there every two months for four years. It was, well, let's just, you know, kind of like this Airbnb thing. We travel, we use Airbnb. Um, we know what we like about Airbnbs and we know how to step our ga- how to step up the game of a host. So let's just do it. So we bought one in Huntington beach immediately also bought one in Scottsdale and Phoenix. And here we are now 16 months later, we've got six total. Uh, we've got one in Orlando, about three miles away from Disney world under contract. That'll be number seven. The goal is to be at 20 by the end of this year. Nice. So your entrepreneurial spirit completely driven by family at this point, because yep. it's more time with your kids. And then a uh, medical situation with your youngest got you heading the Airbnb route. So your, your family, how important is, is that dynamic for your kids and you spending time with them in the decisions you make on a day-to-day basis? It, it, it's everything. I mean, what I'm now in a position where everything I do, I can create my own schedule, right? And so I pick up my kids from school every day, which I love to do. I do their homework with them, which I love to do, have lunch with them. Um, 
I involve them very much in the business. So, you know, whereas in corporate, you've got your daily tasks and your jobs and all that. It's not something that you can pass along to your kids and bring them in and have them do with you. But now that I'm doing this on my own, I can have my kids do this. So they know how to pull up Zillow. <laughs> they know how to filter and find the kind of homes that I, you know, at least, you know, find four bedroom, three bathroom homes, filter to that with a pool, do that for me. And then I'll look from there. Right. So they can do that. Um, they understand when we're launching a home, they know which books we're going to buy for the home. Um, and so, you know, they, they, we integrate them. I mean, I was a king of work-life balance when I was in corporate. And what I learned was it's not about, you, you know, you only seek work-life balance when you're truly not passionate and, and take ownership in what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that, I, now that I'm doing exactly what I want to be doing and I love what I'm doing and I have, I have no end in, in sight or in mind, it's all I want to do. And it's now about work-life integration as opposed to work-life balance. And so, so working for corporate, you're, you're a nine-to-five or you're an employee and you're, you're doing what they want you to do and you're trying to balance that out with what you're doing with your kids yeah. versus now your kids are part of what you're doing. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So for, for those of us in the nine to five, like what, being the king of work-life balance, what does that look like? How did you go about incorporating some of those, those things to get that work-life balance? So, so I, 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 was, I have extremely high work ethic and I never wanted the reputation of not getting my job done, right? So it was exceed expectations, not meet expectations. Between nine and five, I was exceeding expectations. I was in overdrive at all times. I was ensuring that I was at the top, you know, I was top performer in my, amongst my peers. I was always in the top quartile across the, the entire company, but in our specific group, I was always a top performer. Um, so I just made sure that I didn't, I didn't take the, the take the, 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 the pedal off the metal, or, or is that what they say? Pedal yeah, off the metal? Pedal on the metal. Pedal um, the metal. Yeah. But also like, you know, nine to five, don't take me wrong. I was a salary employee and I had clients all over the country, some outside of my time zones. So if things came up and I needed to be available, I was available and I was checking emails, but I was really good at prioritizing. And I think that's, that was the key is understanding, you know, immediate priorities, tomorrow priorities mm-hmm. and future priorities, right? And so you have these three buckets and then by being able to, to really classify that, if it was something that needed my immediate attention, I wasn't going to let it drop. I mean, I had a reputation to keep both at work with my manager, my, my leadership team, but also with my clients. And my clients became my friends, and these, I had great relationships with them, right? And so, you know, these were not things that I, I took lightly, and, and I made sure to, to overperform anytime I could. Um, but, again, it's, it's compartmentalizing, it's understanding this is not an immediate thing. It's mm-hmm. after five, my kids are right there, and I'm playing with them. Yeah. This will wait till tomorrow. It'll be there. Okay, good. So, get leaving yourself some of that separation. If yeah. if it's not a the world is burning kind of scenario, yep. you're it's kids. It's kids time. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, so with with just fatherhood in general, especially in in the early days, um, I know from from other things I've read about you, like your family's all pretty close. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's your support group as a dad? Not just the familiar, but as a father, do you, do you have a network that you know people you can go to bounce ideas off of, or parenting issues? Because you know, as a dad, we're not we're not supposed to have those, right? Yeah, like we don't have problems; we just solve them. Yep. So, did you have that dynamic in your in your life when you start having kids and? And you were you know learning that we don't know everything. Yeah, you know, I mean. 
from, from the minute I had kids, I knew that I wanted to be an all-in dad. And, and, you know, my wife and I, I'll tell you, you know, and I don't know if this is going to directly answer your question, but I hope it does, is my wife and I have always approached life as we're partners. And so I think histori- I, th- I think one of the biggest mistakes we make, you know, maybe as parents or just in society as a whole is, you know, raise our kids the way we were raised, right? How did, how did, our parents did it this way, so we got to... And no, and our parents did a great job because they raised us in the time that they raised, in the era that they raised us in. But we have to raise our kids for the era that they're being raised in and and for their future, right? And so, you know, to think that, you know, historically, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. And... But that doesn't really happen as much anymore, right? Women are more independent these days. They're more integrated into the, the, the providership of the... So we, we, we looked at things as a partnership. And it's okay if I'm a dad. And it's okay if I cook. And it's okay if I you know, do some things that are going to contribute differently than what his, the historical male has in, the, in, the, in, the, in their relationships. But I, you know, I took pride in all of that. And there are days where... I'm up and there are days where I'm down and there are days where she's down and days where she's up and we've got to balance each other. And today I might cook tomorrow. She might cook today. She might be making more money tomorrow. I might be making more money. And, and for us, it was just understanding what are our collective goals and objectives and how do we check all those boxes and make sure that we are providing for our kids the way we want to provide for our kids. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So, So it's not, it's not mom and dad. Yep. It's a parenting unit, yeah, no doubt. and and the, who's doing what in that role is it's day by day. It's it was irrelevant. Play, yeah. And 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 to your point too, you, you know, being being kind of a newer mindset for dads into mm-hmm. the, today's society, because it's the way I am. I have surrounded myself with other dads that also take that kind of actor active leadership you know we'll have a snow day and i'll have a quiet day my wife will have a busy day so the kids are out of school i'll me i'll you know i can text the the other dads from my kids you know my kids classmates hey guys let's let's meet up at a coffee shop where there's you know where there's a play place for kids and let's do that let's have coffee let's let the kids play um so you know i i think it's just like anything if you're you know if you're if you're a, a realtor, then you're surrounding yourself with real estate investors, right? And if you're a dad, you want to surround yourself with other dads. Yeah, so. dads are invested in being dads. Yeah, no absolutely. Doubt. Uh, so back to the like how we were raised, right? So my parents, your parents, probably didn't talk to anybody about any of the things they've got going on, right? If if we were a handful, they just dealt with it. Yep. Like there wasn't a hey, has your kid ever done this? Is your you know any of that? And why do you think, especially as fathers, that we don't do that like uh, you are obviously but you know there's so many out there that that don't reach out and have those conversations and and show some vulnerability in the you know in the parenting world that's that's a loaded question i i would say societally we're just driven you know this is where the insecurities come out in most people right this is my ego you know what what are people going to say about me if i'm really a dad and i'm really doing those things and you know my wife is working and i'm you know it's like you got to block out all that noise and say, what are your goals, right? Because the world's not living your life for you. The world, people that have time to judge you, people that have time to analyze your life yeah. are lacking, <laughs> you know, fulfillment in their own. And so for me, it's block out all that noise, understand what the goal is within your household. Yeah. And as long as 
that is all in kind of kumbaya mode. You don't have to worry about anybody else. And we're very comfortable in our, our own skin, in our yeah. household. And we know, we know what we want, and that's all that matters to us. So. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, the mindset, right? It's no different than, than career goals, any of those things, which we do. We will typically put that mindset to, to career or, you know, like a, a home we want or, you know, monetary or whatever. But we don't think of applying it to our family life. No doubt. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, I'm Lebanese. And I, you know, in Dearborn, Michigan, where, where I live, um, it's, it's the largest Lebanese population per capita outside of the country of Lebanon in the world. Okay. So, and, and our, it's a, it's a very villagey, very tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. Everybody knows everybody's cousins, mothers, brothers, every, you know, yeah. that, that, that's just the way it is. And, um, in our culture, moms are moms and dads are dads historically. And. So it'd be really easy to succumb to the, the the peer pressure of wanting to hold up the shield so that you know the, so that people wouldn't talk about me because I was too busy being a father and investing my time doing this and changing my life so that I could wipe diapers and you know make dinners. But it was like you have two choices, right? Choice A is you appease the, those people and ignore the opportunity to be a father. Or you could just fully indulge in being a father and ignore those people. Ignore those people. That's it. Those are your two choices. Yeah. There's, no, there's no in between there. And so for me, thinking about and understanding the reward in 30 years when my kids will remember and understand the connection that I have with them and they're continuing to pour back into me, I look around and I see, you know, I'm just going to say it, it's a sad truth, but I see lonely people all over the place. I talk to my kids once a week. My kids left the home as quickly as they could. All these things. And I look back and I say, okay, that's sad, but why, right? Like, let's, let's really dissect the why is that habitual? Why is that, why is that societally just, just the norm? And if you're welcome somewhere, you don't leave. You don't die to leave. You want to stay. You want to be. And so for me, it's embrace and endear and indulge and just pour into my kids as much as I can so that they understand and they know that no matter what, you know, home, you know, home is home always, yeah. like no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so having that family dynamic and, and home is home and it's a, it's a group thing. It's a, you know, everybody's involved. Right. And the society things are, are not that way. So I come from a broken home, right? My parents were never married, didn't stay together very long. You know, we, both avenues, I was very loved, and, and home was mm-hmm. home. I you know, just had two of them, um, and they worked fairly well together. And, and I don't, like, you know, from in my experiences, I don't see a lot of families that work. Like, like the broken homes are broken, yeah. and, the, and the family units are, are thriving, and they're, you know, they're, their kids are doing great. Um, so how do you feel the importance of maintaining that family dynamic and having that common goal? You've touched on it a few times at this point, but... Just having that that unit and the, the, the common focus and direction that the family is working towards, as yeah. opposed to you know, not so much. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it, you got to choose the right partner. Bottom line is, you know, I mean, you know, you grow up and you have so many emotions in life, and you meet so many people, and it'd be easy. It's really easy to pick 
just the easy partner, right? Um, but understanding your long-term goals and finding somebody that drives and improves you in every facet of your life. And I can tell you, my wife, you know, my wife grew up really on the spiritual side. I grew up really on the cultural side. And when you put us together, the first couple of years were a little turbulent because, you know, she was really challenging my, my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And uh, it needed, you know, when I, when I looked at it, and she she would question why are you doing this and why are you doing that and why do you do these things and why do you, you know how is this adding value to your life and how is that person adding value to your life? I sat back and I I had to understand the intention and I had to say, you know, does she want what's best for me? You know, the people that just want to hang out and go and party and do this and do that, you know, those are selfish emotions, right? Like. They, they didn't really care if it was me or Joe Schmo that was with them. They just wanted to go do these things, and so they needed somebody with them. But here she is coming into my life, and she's the newest person in my life that means so much to me in my life, and she's challenging doing what nobody else will do, but challenging all the decisions that I was making to say, are these things adding value? Are these things making you better? And I, was, I, I had to become really vulnerable and accepting to to that right and then vice versa and i had to help her kind of kind of maybe alleviate a little bit on and and accepting you know other other norms and other you know and whatever it might be but you know when when you put us together and once we got through those couple that 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 you know everybody says the first two years of marriage they say right but once once we got through that point i'll tell you um we really truly understood that everything that 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 we do is about making each other better and so when you find the right partner it's organic. Yeah. So, any hiccups with that when you guys start having kids? Did that? Did, because, no. Because you can be aligned, and then all of a sudden there's a, a kid in play, and like how you were raised, or just how she was raised, and, and I don't it. think so. I mean, like anything, it was just a new challenge that we had to, you know, um, learn and embrace, and um, you know, and, and integrate into our life. But we, you know, we were married for five years before, you know, when we traveled a bunch, we really understood each other, got to know each other, really had a good feel for things. So kind of like anything, it's, it was new. So sure, there were some challenges, but nothing that was, you know, nothing that was, we, we grew up quick. I mean, we, we knew what we wanted real quickly together. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're, you mentioned spirituality. How big is that in your household? It's pretty big. Like, it's pretty big. Uh, we're Muslim, and our kids go to a Muslim school. You know, I would tell you, spirituality, as we understand it as humans, you know, none of us chose what we are. Well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of us chose what we are. 99% of the people in the world are what they are because of who their parents are, right? So I, I'm Muslim. Probably 99% of that is because my parents are Muslim, right? I truly believe but I would tell you that the majority of people that are, you know, Jewish or Catholic or, you know, you know, Buddhists or, or whatever it might be, whatever faith, a lot of them just, this is the way they were raised. And so, you know, for us, it's important. We embrace what we are mm-hmm. and we use that as a foundation of our learnings. But we don't teach our kids anything different than, than what we hope most parents teach their kids, right? Love, be honest, be true care, give, 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 yes. give, yes. give. Core, core values right? to humanity. Like That's be it. a decent human. That's These it. are the things that make you a decent human being. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. No That's doubt. all the kids really need. That's it. Right? That's it. Yeah. Integrate with society, understand society's rules, what's legal, what's not legal, <laughs> do all the right things, um, but just be a, 
be a good person and give. I mean, bottom line, so. So uh, you've got the three kids, the two boys, and then and your little girl. Uh, what is something in in your what, eight years or so of being a parent? Like, what's that one scenario that just like no one could have even prepared me for this? You know, like like something they did, just the scenario that played out, or or whatever it may be. But, oh boy, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy, uh, is this the part where my daughter had to get stitches at one year old on her thumb and I had to hold it? Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, definitely stuff like that. It pushed uh, you out of your comfort zone. Well, I'll a tell bit. you what. I mean, I mean, just when when our first one was born. I mean, I I caught him out of the womb, and the immediate sense of responsibility you feel, right? Yeah. I mean, you think about it. You've been advised about it. All these things you're taught about it. Um, but when it comes to life, I mean, it's, it's real. And you, I mean, you can't mess this one up. You, you only got one chance at this, right? right? You can mess up a business. You can close a business. You could start a new business. You can break a car. You can buy, I mean, all these things, but you don't get to start this over. Mm-hmm. And so that immediate sense of responsibility that hits you, um, it's amazing. I'll tell you one of my biggest, like, you know, I guess, if, if digging deep into the well here, like I'm a nut job about health, right? So let's talk about birthday parties, yeah. right? Like let's talk mm-hmm. about what we really do to our kids. Yeah. Like let's address this one, right? So this is where I get the most grief from like yeah, family and friends and all this. It. But, you know, hey, let's reward our kids, okay? Let's reward our kids. Here's a piece of cake. How's that a reward? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Here's here's a ton of sugar and empty carbs. How's that? A, how's how's that a reward? It's like it's literally poison. It's poisoning their brain. It's poisoning their habits, their addictions, and so you know what I what I learned. Well, I think we all know, but when you see it with your kids and you want what's best for your kids, and it is everybody just wants to. Here's a sucker because I want them to love me. Here's a piece of candy because I want them to love me. You're destroying them. You're literally destroying them. You're making them addicted. Like read about the impacts and the disadvantages of of sugar on a kid's brain, right? So for me, what I tell parents is love on your kids. Like tell your kids, look at them every single day in their eyes and tell them that you're proud of them. The compounding impact of that over the long haul and if they're, as they grow and the confidence that they're going to get from that, it's, it's immeasurable, it's invaluable, and there's nothing that beats it. And so if you truly want your kids to fall in love with you, that piece of candy is going to make them give you a kiss at the moment. But long term, the way you love on your kids is so much more important. So don't punish your kids, reward them. Like I tell people, have a dodgeball fight with your kid. Go, th- you know. Here's a reward. Let's go throw the football together. Let's yeah. go for a walk together. Let's spend some time together. Let's. Th- I'll take you to the movies, right? Look, whatever it might be, do something with your kids. Spend time with your kids. Pour into your kids, but it doesn't have to be destructive to their health in yeah. order for you to love on your kids. So, yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I, I mean, I'm guilty. Of of the the most the, are the gummies most then, are you know, like here most are oh, okay yeah maybe here here you go you know because it, it's it's the easy thing right yep. and and it's always easy to do the easy thing 
Um, but you know, we talked a little bit before this about how we was having some incidents with my little girl, and her reward was to go and, and pick out a thing that you know mm-hmm. she had said she wanted while we were doing something else for a birthday party or whatever. Um, but it wasn't like it's not like the stores right next to our house. Like I picked a store that was far. You know, like we went and we got in the car and we spent some time together and we walked around and we looked at some stuff for her mom and I got her thinking about, you know, like, what would you like to get someone else while we are here? All right, we're here to reward you. Yep. But like, start thinking about other people. Like, we're here. We don't normally come here. Like, you know, let's, do you think, you know, my four-month-old, do you think she wants anything? Do you think, you know, like, oh, we got a birthday party in a couple of weeks. What do you think, you know, you want to do for her or your, your friend at school or you know, but I take the opportunity to make her think about other people, and then I'm also getting the experience with her yep. on on how we can do things for others. Even though, like, we're there for her reward because you know she she accomplished something. Yep. And and it, you know I could have just got her a, a cake or a pack of gummies or a, a cupcake or something, but I made an experience out of it. So I'm with you on that. It's it's about the experience with the kids and giving yep. them something they can feel. Well, and, 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 and think about it too, right? Like kids don't come out of the womb and say, oh my God, I want a piece of candy. That's yeah. conditioned by society, yeah. right? It's something that, that when you think about what's in a piece of candy, well, I mean, there are studies that show how addicted they are. This is the, mm-hmm. this is a drug. This is as strong as cocaine. It's as strong as heroin. It's as, as strong as anything. So when you look at the, at the addiction level, so if you see the impact on a kid's brain when they see the piece of candy mm-hmm. because they've had it before. So they yeah. know what they're about to. So that impact alone shows you the addiction. So what I say is, you know, eliminate that. Think about if you condition your kid from the very beginning before they've ever had candy or sugar or cupcakes or any of that, you know, hey, if, if you do this, I'm going to read you a book. Mm-hmm. It, it's the dopamine kick that the brain is looking for, yeah. right? We've conditioned that dopamine kick to come from that piece of candy or that mm-hmm. treat. But instead, if you associate that dopamine kick with some activity that you're going to do with them, yep. man, a, kid's, a, a kid feeling love from their parents. I remember reading the story about this lady that was home. She was, she was typically, you know, there was typically a nanny, but the mom, like for whatever reason, couldn't go to work. And so she was at home one day and she was on her email. She was on her laptop doing her emails and her kid was just kind of roaming around in the, in the, in the room with her and her kid was a toddler. And she realized that all day long she had been on her, on her computer. Mm -hmm. So she said, let me just take a five minute break, five minutes. So she put the computer away and she just watched her kid and in those five minutes of watching her kid 22 times that kid looked at the mom for reaffirmation about what like look at what i'm doing yeah right yeah but during the four hours of laptoping that 22 times is probably about 500 times Mm -hmm. and 500 times she looked at the mom and got rejection yeah, right? no affirmation. No affirmation, no connection, no love. And, 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 and the mom that, you know, and I forgot the context of that story, but, but ultimately what the connect, there's no greater reward you can give your kid than that love and that connection and that, mm-hmm. that, that, you know, that, that care. Yeah. You give them that, dude, they don't know anything else. They won't want anything else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's awesome. One last thing. So obviously, you're, this is called Dad's Next Project. 
Um, what does Dad's Next Project mean to you? Dad's Next Project to me means, you know, again, and, and I think I kind of alluded to this earlier, but do not raise your kids for yesterday's world. Raise your kids for tomorrow's world. Our kids need us today more than they've ever needed us. There are distractions all over the place. There is social media, mm-hmm. devices, electronics. When we were growing up, we could ride our bike to school. Today, you can't ride your bike to the corner anymore without maybe getting kidnapped or, or molested or whatever it might be. I mean, just something morbid. But yeah. that stuff is real, and it's happening all over. And so to fill these gaps of what the kids are missing from what our open and free world was growing up, you know, it's so important as a parent to just pour in and um, don't, you know, don't, don't just, don't just sit and scroll on your social media all day while your kids are sitting in the room with you. When your kids are in the room with you, they are number one priority, number two priority, number three priority. Um, the company I'm building, it's for my kids. The company my wife is building, it's for our kids. I mean, everything we do is for our kids. I know that sounds basic. That sounds <laughs> fundamental, but you know, for me, they're, they're everything. They're my free time. They're my work time. They're my everything. So it's work-life integration. It's kind of a summary of everything we've already talked about, but you know, for dad's next project for me is just, I love that you're doing this. I think it's so important that society understands, uh, the dad's role can be much greater than what we've always allowed historically and societally. Absolutely. And, um, and I think, you know, children will be way better for it. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what we're here for is to, to get word out that dads can be dads and it's not just the, the stereotypical breadwinner, you know, father figure, so yep. to speak, that we were all raised to, yep. to believe. So, uh, Thank you for your time, Fouad. I appreciate the hell out of you being here. Like you jumped on this, like the quickness. Yep. Um, again, well, I love what you're doing, bro. I love we'll, what we'll you're get doing, this bro. Out and and uh, steamroll it on the down the road from here. Light this on fire, man. I love what so, you're doing. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank yep, you for sure.